Welcome to Life at Hobridge School, the podcast where we speak to pupils, staff and parents to find out what it's really like. Every week we'll be talking to one of the members of the school community to hear real stories of life in the school. Now today we speak to Sarah Thornton Pickering, Head of Girls Games. In this episode, we understand more about the sporting opportunities for girls at Hobridge School, why Sarah loves her job so much to have been at the school for 20 years, and she recalls some of her most magical memories from her time there. Tracy Clark Sullivan takes us into that conversation with Sarah, so come with us right now as we step inside. Participation in physical exercise is good for everyone and school is often where it all begins. To find out how Hobridge School encourages its female pupils to take part, I'm joined by Sarah Thornton Pickering, who's head of Girls Games. Hello. Hello. Now, you were just telling me you had an extremely healthy breakfast. I'm figuring you're a very healthy lady. Um, I I try to be, especially (laughs) as I'm getting older now. (laughs) Now, look, as um, head of girls sport, you're in a wonderful position to shape the sporting lives of the girls and all of, obviously, their future activity. How do you make sure when they leave Hobridge that they love sport? I think, really, because uh, they're quite spoilt here at Hobridge, they have uh, sport every single day of the week. So it almost becomes part of a routine that today I've got sport. And also we participate, they all have equal number of matches regardless of ability. So they all feel part of a team. And therefore I think that gives them the confidence when they leave that they want to carry it on. So when you say matches, they actually have competitive sport even if they're, they're not particularly talented? Absolutely, yes. We don't discriminate here. We make sure that every Wednesday, regardless of whether they're in the A, B or C team, that they all have a match and it's at the right ability for them so that they feel they've still got an opportunity to achieve and win as a team or lose as a team, learn as a team. How do you sort of encourage, because there are, there are always a few people that just don't enjoy that, they're either academic or they're musical, they just don't enjoy getting out and about. How do you encourage that from an early age? I think the way that I've designed the timetable for the girls is that uh, we do a variety of sports every term. So some schools just do one term of, say, hockey or one term of just netball. If you're a child that doesn't enjoy hockey, that's a really long term for you. So what we do here at Hobridge is um, my timetable is uh, done so that they have, because like I say, they have sport every day of the week. One of those days is match day, which then gives them four lessons. So um, we do at least one hockey lesson a week, one netball lesson a week. We do fitness and cross-country, and then we pick up generally from whichever match we've had on a Wednesday, we pick up and try and do our corrections from that match as that extra one. So, you know, they might have two hockey or two netball. So does that fit in around the curriculum when you say every day? Is it, is it like a normal lesson? Yes, absolutely. So uh, Hobridge uh, children have quite a long day, really, but they, uh, we have sport every day. So that if they have PE... It will be on a, a morning session, but if they have games, then it will be on an afternoon session. But yes, they get, they get sport every day of the week. Wow, how amazing and lovely. <laughs> so sport has seen quite a change for girls over the last few years. Uh, how have you kind of adapted to this change? Uh, we like to try and keep up to date as much as possible with what's going on in the outside world. I think it's important that girls can see what opportunities are out there. And I think if you look at uh, the England women's football, 
Uh, also the rugby, doing really, really well out there. Um, and also the cricket really taken off as well. And I think there's inspiration out there for the girls. So uh, we try and incorporate that as much as possible at Hobridge. Uh, the girls are playing some football now and uh, we host an under 10 football tournament uh, as a little bit of fun to sort of give them an opportunity. And where we can, we fit in a football match within our uh, programme. Um, and the girls have really taken on board cricket. Um, it is a major part of our summer sports now as well. So, yeah, there's lo lots to, to, to keep up to date with. And like I say, give them variety, especially, you know, one sport might inspire one child and something else another. So, yeah. And is that quite a challenge for a school when you have, I mean, cricket is no mean feat to try and, to, you know, space and equipment. Um, similarly, rugby, is that a, a challenge for a school when that starts to be introduced? Cricket was space-wise, particularly on match days, because the girls and boys have matches at the same time. So I, I have to get my elbows out and fight for my space for the girls. But uh, we, we're, we're still playing sort of early cricket, so we're playing pairs, so our boundaries aren't quite as, as, as wide. So that, that kind of works out quite well. Uh, we haven't started rugby at school uh, for the girls yet, but it's something that I'm looking at for uh, maybe the future, a little bit of tag rugby. I think it's really good for their footwork, their spatial yeah. awareness. And, and you find that all these sports interlink because the, the skills cross over. So I think if we, we can give them as many opportunities to really have a go at that, I think that would be good. Yeah, big fan of tag rugby. It's wonderful to watch. It's such fun. Yeah. And do you have, uh, do you ever sort of put girls against boys? Do you have fun matches at, at the beginning or end of term? We do. So a couple of years ago, obviously with COVID, we weren't able to do it last year. And unfortunately, the year before, it, it got cancelled right at the last minute. But we have uh, did our first uh, mixed co-ed uh, sport, which was rounders. Ah. And we took an, uh, two under-11 teams up to Leicester. And they, they did an overnight and um, we played in a tournament there and we had five girls and five boys in each team. And it worked really well and they absolutely loved it. Uh, we haven't had that many opportunities to do uh, many mixed uh, matches. We recently, a couple of weeks ago, we had an under 11 uh, mixed cricket. So we had some girls and boys Wonderful. playing together. Um, so that was really nice. And hopefully for the future, we'll, we'll get some more. But we also do after school sports. And all of the after school sports are mixed. So the girls and boys train together for those. Fabulous. Um, there's lots of talk at elite level now and professional level about psychology and training the brain and all of that kind of stuff. Do, do you start that early with the children at Hobridge School? We, we try to incorporate. It's, I think it's really important for their mental well-being that children don't feel uh, embarrassed or uncomfortable, which is why it's really important that they play matches at the, at the right ability so that they feel that they can achieve. So we, we do a little bit of, sort of health-related fitness, so we, we try and get them to think healthily in their mind about what they want to eat and, and their exercise and try and see it as positive to take them forward into the future. And like I say, the, the ability split uh, for match days, I think, is really important as well. And is there a progression for them as well? Obviously, they don't just get stuck in if, the, if they're perhaps at one level. Presumably, you're looking to progress them as they, as they get older. Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, I've got a really great team of, uh, I've got two other ladies that work with me in the girls sports department. We're constantly watching the children and the girls are very um, well aware that just because I've made the A team, that doesn't mean where I am for, for the future. I have to work and I have to work in every lesson and I have to work in every match. And so we, we literally select our matches almost on a week by week basis to try and 
yes, we want continuity, and, and generally they, they stay very similar. But if we've got a child that's suddenly clicked and has progressed, you, we want to give them that opportunity as well. And we want to also want to remind the girls at the top, actually, you can't be complacent. You've, <laughs> got, to, you've got to earn your place. And I, I think that's really important as well. Yeah, as one who struggled with lacrosse at school, it's always nice to think there's hope. <laughs> one <laughs> day you will make a team. <laughs> well, I, I, I've had a few instances where at under nine, which is year four level, uh, we've had girls that have you know, started their match play in the C team. And by the time they've got to under 11, they've been in the A team. So there, there is a lot of progression there because they all learn at different rates. And I, I think it's really important that we don't put them in one, one bracket straight away. We've got, we've got to have an open mind for them and help them with their progressions. Do you have parents? Do they come to watch the matches? Do you have sporters? They do. Unfortunately, not at the moment due to COVID. Yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to welcoming them welcoming them back but yes I think it's great that the parents come and support and we're really lucky here at Hobridge because they don't just support at home they do travel and support away and also the girls uh, we do quite a lot of weekend tournaments so I always get the parents to bring them to the tournament so that they can then stay and be part of the the morning you don't have trouble controlling the crowd then (laughs) Uh, you're not going to be drawn on that are you (laughs) I think I was one of those, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Sarah, you've worked at the school a long time. Um, what do you think has kept you there? I say a long time. How long? Let's be honest. I'm going to be honest. I've been here 20 years. Wow. God, you don't yeah. look old enough. You must have been a teenager. <laughs> so what's kept you there? The children. We're really, really lucky here. They are just great kids. And uh, actually, the ethos of the school and the way that we all work together... You know, we're very much a family here and it's just such a lovely environment. So I obviously I originally joined and I worked my way up to head of girls games and I think I've got the best job in the school, to be honest. I love it. I think you have. I think you have. (laughs) So what challenges you there when you get up uh, perhaps on a dark, wet, cold morning and you think, oh, what challenges you? What keeps you going? Well, I think, like I say, it's... uh, as I'm getting older, and I and I am definitely getting older, uh, the cold and the wet is, is not as as nice as it used to be. I, I do struggle a little bit with it. However, like I say, all the children they have a sports lesson every day, so we I get to see every every girl in every year group every day, and um, so it's it's just seeing the next lot and the next lot and working on um, on on what we are. I th- I mm. just you know I just enjoy seeing them. You know, it might be a really small progression, but, you know, they've achieved it. And, you know, it just gives you an inspiration to to keep going. I know in my time at school that sports teachers always tended to have a sort of bit of a pastoral kind of effect as well, because when you're playing sport, you tend to chat afterwards and before. Do you still find that's the case? Absolutely. You know, whether we could be in the minibus on our way to a match, before a match, after after a lesson, within a lesson. At break times when I'm duty on duty, the children come up and chat. Yeah, I think, I, like I say, I, th- I think I've got the best job in the school because, you know, the, the children are out of the classroom. They are having fun. They're also learning. But I, th- I think the relationship there is really good. Now, in your time, in your very long time, you must have had some very, very lovely moments and magic moments. Can you remember any of those? Do you know, I've got so many fantastic things. It would be difficult to sort of think of just one. I mean, we've toured all over. We've toured over over Europe, closer to home, been to Barbados on netball and hockey tours. Uh, we've also, our achievements, I'm incredibly proud of what we've achieved here at Hobridge. 
So we got, we got an average of 14 girls in a year group and we're competing against schools where they've got 50, 60 plus girls in a year group and we're holding our own and we've actually got 18, 18 titles, four of them are national titles um, and the, the other 14 are either regional or Surrey titles. So are so many proud moments, but I, th I think probably the one, of the one of the most memorable, it was um, in 2018 when we were at the uh, national netball finals and the weather had been so appalling that parents had been told they weren't allowed to come. So some of the matches were being streamed and our parents were on tender hooks as after each round I've text, yes, we've won, we're through to the next bit, we're through to the next bit. And then we got into the final and we were uh, up by one goal at halftime. And so I quickly text them after the halftime chat and the kids went back on. And then full time, it was a draw. <gasps> so I'm texting them and saying, you know, we're, we're going into extra time. And after extra time, it was still a draw. So I'm texting them and saying, we're now going into golden goal. And uh, the ball went from one end of the court and back up the other. And the, the tension was just incredible. And then we got it down to our end and we, we scored that golden goal. And oh, I was just so <laughs> proud of the girls. But I had to quickly, you know, text the parents saying, we did it, we won. And I think it was sort of trying to sort of be there for the girls, but be there for the parents uh, at the same time. So that was uh, a hugely exciting national netball title that we won in 2018. That's incredible. Well done. So, thank you. I've been lucky enough to talk to some of your alumni and your sports alumni. Do you follow them with interest? They've come right the way. Obviously, you've seen them come right the way up from very tinies all the way through to being professional sports people. Yeah, absolutely. I think you spoke to Emily Appleton. Yes, um, yeah. yeah, so yes, I taught her when she, from year two all the way through. Uh, and then followed her at uh, how she was getting on through senior school and sort of keeping an eye on things and, and what she's, she's doing now. I mean, what an amazing achievement. Uh, we've got quite a few. We've had uh, quite a few boys as well. Um, and we've also had a swimmer that's done incredibly well, a girl that was a swimmer. So, oh, absolutely. I, I'm really proud. But I'm proud of all of them. So, you know, like I say, we, we, we've got an average of 14 girls. And then when they leave here... It, for me, when they, I see them and they, they've gone to their senior school and they, they suddenly become one of 100 in a year group and they come out and they're, Mrs. TP, Mrs. TP, I'm in the A team <laughs> or I'm in the B team at my senior school. For me, that is just as exciting as well. Is it easy to spot talent? You know, often you, you hear in a, a you get sports personality of the year and they say, oh, yes, I remember about my school teacher. Um, can you spot real talent really early on? I think, I think you can. I, I, I think that there's some definite clear signs and it's really how how that raw talent is developed through the grassroots skills and how the progressions then go on and and also the uh the mental side of it that you know to to keep them going I think it's a real shame when you've got children with talent and they drop out of sport and I think it's it's something that, that is more likely to happen with girls and around the age of 13 and 14 and I think mm. if we can keep that inspiration going and, re and really work with them you know, whether they are elite or whether they're not, but just to keep that interest in sport and, and keep them going. I think sport just gives so many life skills and so much confidence in the, in the wider world. So, yeah, there's a lot to look out for. I was going to say, it's quite a, responsi a responsibility for you. Do you feel that weight on your shoulders? Do you know, I, I don't see it as a weight. I, I just think it's, it's, sport is part of our everyday life. So I, it's just a daily continuation, really.
20 years keeping yeah. going? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely old, but not old enough to retire yet. And, Good. Um, you know, why would I go anywhere else? It's, a, it's, it's such a lovely school and the children are great. So, no, I, I'm afraid I'm, I'm going to be here a little bit longer. Well, I'm delighted. You sound like the perfect <laughs> sports teacher. Thank you very much indeed for joining me today. And, and good luck with, with whichever of the matches, whether it's C or A. Good luck with those. I hope they go really well. Thank you very much. So that was Sarah Thornton Pickering, Head of Girls Games at Hobridge School. Thank you, Sarah, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Now, as always, if you'd like to get in touch with the school, just visit highbridgeschool.co.uk and the staff will always be happy to help you. And if you haven't followed this podcast channel yet, then now is the time to do so, because then when the next episode comes out, you get a small notification just to let you know that it's there. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we look forward to seeing you again next time. Bye for now.